0: Here. Happy New Year. This is the very first episode of Calling Old Hollywood in 2021. It is coincidentally the one year episode as well. So we've done one year of episodes. This by far is my favorite now because of the sentimentality. And everyone who knows me and who listens to the podcast knows how much I adore James Dean. You know, I've gone everywhere from New York to Indiana. I've talked with friends of his on the podcast, Mr. Lou Bracker. Uh, I've, I've talked with authors. I've talked, I've had the extraordinary honor to, um, to really get in, you know, with, with, with learning about him in ways that many people don't. And this episode is no exception. It is, um, with Mr. Marcus L- Winslow. Marcus is James Dean's cousin There are photos of him that Devonis Stock took of him and Marky when Marky was was a boy. And they are, you can look them up online. They're easily accessible to find. And he took them on the farm and around the town of Fairmount where Jimmy's from. I had the extraordinary honor of going to Fairmount, Indiana over the holidays for Christmas and New Year's. And I was... uh, able to go to the farm that Jimmy grew up on and sit down and record the episode that you're about to listen to with Jimmy's cousin, Marcus, who they were like brothers. They were very close. At the end of the episode as well, we bring on Lou Bracker, who was Jimmy's best friend. And he and Marcus share some memories and they talk a bit. So that was very special. Um, It's hard not to talk about it and get emotional because it just means so much to me. Of course, you know, these are men who knew Jimmy. They, they didn't know him as the actor or, you know, the icon. They know him, they knew him as Jimmy, as, as you know, a cousin or as a friend. And the memories that they have are not, you know, fan-based. You know, they, they are one-on-one. They are first-hand encounters that they experienced with him. So it just meant so much. And there are a few things that Marcus shares uh, that I hadn't heard before. I'm very excited. There are a few things Lou shared. Uh, that I hadn't heard before. So it's a really touching episode. And I ask everyone, uh, if you like the episode, there is a James Dean gallery located in Fairmount, Indiana. It was started by Mr. David Lore and Lenny Prusak. They work extremely hard at creating, at preserving Jimmy's legacy and memory. They also Create amazing, you know, they're creating masks for the pandemic. They're creating amazing, uh, really cool art and even furniture. But they have a lot of Jimmy memorabilia and things you can take a look at online. Or um, they have a GoFundMe because they were hit hard by the pandemic. So anything helps, uh, JamesDeanGallery.com. I encourage fans of Classic Hollywood and Jimmy to head over there to find the GoFundMe, to donate, whatever you can, um, just to help. Because, you know, these things are so important to keep alive. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Here's the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Calling Old Hollywood. I'm your host, Kat Lively, and I have a very special guest this week, Mr. Marcus Winslow. Hi, Marcus. Hi there. How are you doing today? I'm
1: doing fine.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for taking the time out to to, to come on the podcast and to share your, you know, life stories and all of that. So You're welcome. I'm excited. Um, we, we actually, we came out a couple days ago, and I I've, one of the questions I wanted to re-ask, just because I thought it was funny, um, you get asked a lot of the same questions.
1: Yeah, there's only, <laughs> <laughs> there's only so many questions you can ask, and I think I've been asked everything.
0: Every single thing. It's yeah. crazy. Um, I don't think
1: you've come up with anything, new.
0: Yeah. What is uh? What has that been like? Has it been? Is is there ever times where you just go, "Oh, this question again?"
1: Not especially, but uh, you know, uh, I was eleven when Jimmy died, almost twelve, and uh, it's it's been pretty much a constant yeah uh, question and answer thing. Right. Of course, Mom and Dad used to talk to most of the people. Mm-hmm. But uh, as time went on, while well, I've had to do it and yeah. it's, you know it's, it's it's really not been a big problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just just a everyday life.
0: Yeah. Did you ever was there ever a moment where you felt because I I know you you know your mom and dad your folks really took that on and they were very kind and welcoming to fans and admirers who they would come were, to town, um, did you ever feel, like, obligated to carry that on, or did you ever want to do anything to leave town or have any other desires?
1: No, uh, mom and dad were probably better than fans than I am, uh, you know, they'd invite them in the house and show them scrapbooks and things like that, and course it's sort of a different age today yeah i don't know whether it's safe to have people coming in and out of the house that you don't know
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, they used to have a lot of them i know when i was a kid on sundays especially uh, a lot of people park out front at Parkman driveway and walk around mom dad really didn't care they, just, well, they didn't bother anything well, it was fine with them I used to get on a bicycle and ride to town on Sundays.
0: That's amazing.
1: And uh, let them do what they want to do.
2: Yeah.
0: That's really just a kind and amazing thing that your family has done throughout the years. You know, not everybody would do that, so that's really special. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. We talked a little bit a few days ago. Uh, I wanted to talk more about this. You were an artist when you were, when you were younger.
1: Yeah, I used to do some artwork. I, uh, I got what, I guess what really discouraged me on artwork was I had an art teacher and he wanted everybody to do art, uh, what do they call it? Uh, artwork that really didn't look like the real thing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, He said, "If you're gonna do that, join the camera club." Yeah, yeah. Kind of discouraged me a little bit because I like to draw stuff uh, and paint it just like it was, you Mm -hmm. know.
2: Definitely.
0: And
1: uh, but you know, as time went on, I got married and got a couple kids and was busy raising a family, and I really didn't have the time to to do a lot of artwork. And yeah, I used to do a lot of sketching and so forth. I never did a lot of painting. Mm-hmm. I guess I painted some little flowers or something one time, but uh, no big deal. Yeah. And I haven't done anything for years. So I probably couldn't draw anything now. Uh,
0: I beg to differ. I bet you could. <laughs> some some things you don't lose, though. You know, yeah. you get that and you pick it up years later. Yeah. But there was... um. I can't recall verbatim, but there was there was a letter uh, that Jimmy wrote, and it was about art and painting and so I think some of the things that you were drawing or painting. Jim, um, share with the listeners?
2: Yeah,
1: uh, he wrote mom and dad and and told them to uh, have me do more artwork send it to him. Mm-hmm. He, he was he was quite an artist. Yeah. And uh, so I drew a castle and. Uh, I think he thought it was a prison.
0: <laughs>
1: and, uh, you know, it had the turrets up above and you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, he wrote me right back and told me to uh, draw things that were free, like mountains and trees and things that were created by God. He said, and don't draw things that are confined.
0: So he thought it was a prison. That's crazy. That's uh,
1: <laughs> You know, and it a very sweet letter. Yeah. I've got a copy of it on display at the museum. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the stuff that I have in the museum is the actual thing. But that particular letter, letter I was afraid something happened to it, so I just put a copy of it in there.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh, it's a very touching letter, really. That's wonderful. Uh, touching at the time.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, he just said, what? That wasn't a that wasn't a prison, that was a castle.
1: But time went on, uh, I understood
0: Yeah. But that's yeah. that's so funny though. But I
1: remember one time Jimmy was having trouble with a couple of his front teeth mm-hmm. They were beginning to chip off. Yeah. And of course his dad was a dental tech. And so he wrote his dad and asked him if he could uh meet him here in Fairmount. Mhm. And so of course his dad's in California. So that's that's what they did. Yeah. And uh, his dad was a pretty good artist too. Really? Yeah.
2: Wow. He and is- J-
1: Jimmy drew his own front teeth holding in a ladder so his dad could see what was wrong with him. Wow. And uh When he got here, I know Jimmy's dad stayed with Grandma and Grandpa Dean. And Jimmy stayed here. And he told his dad to show me how to draw some stuff. And I remember Jimmy used to like to draw this bull. It was a bull head with horns on it. uh, It was a pretty simple thing, really. Mm He always kind of admired it. I hadn't seen it for years and years and I seen it on a letter yeah. a few years ago I thought, there's that bull? <laughs> and uh, he was showing me how to draw that
0: yeah and, uh, Did you ever go through those? I remember talking about the letters and I'm sure he wrote quite a few that a lot of people haven't seen but do you ever just kind of nostalgic just go back and reread things or
1: oh occasionally but you know it's kind of a sad day. Yeah. by the way uh, a friend of mine doing a book by the name of uh, Leith Adams mm-hmm. worked for War Brothers for years and years
0: yeah.
1: and he wanted to print some of the letters so I let him mm-hmm. and people will be able to see more of them now right uh, to, to me they're just you know they're just letters right but to right. a lot of people they're pretty and, uh, of course, he used to write Mom and Dad and tell them when he was going to be on a TV show. Right. Uh, he did a lot of TV shows. He did over 30 TV shows.
0: Right. Do you have a favorite?
1: Not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like he always played about the same characters.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, one show that he did, uh, I think he came back after East of Eden and did it. Mm-hmm. New York uh, i trying to think of the name of it was about it was about he played a character of a guy that uh, went to a restaurant mm-hmm. and this guy got acquainted with him and wanted to know if he wanted the job and so Jimmy said so yeah he better work for him and uh, Actually, it was about a guy that was kind of crooked, and uh, he gave Jimmy a car to drive. And as I remember, a police car got to chase him, Mm -hmm. and uh, had a wreck. Police car did, and you know that was that was it was a pretty good show. Yeah, always shows were good, but one I've seen since that uh, I'd forgotten about was uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what I was all about now. Um, him and this guy were talking. Jimmy played the part of an angel. Mm-hmm. you remember that? Yeah, 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 with absolutely. The wing, with the wings and... Yes. That was kind of a neat show. It's a good episode. And, uh, Seems like most of the shows that he played in, as I remember him, he played a, uh, someone was in trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yep, yep, definitely. How's
1: it's happened, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it didn't seem to be like that's the parts that he got cast in very
0: reoccurring theme yeah from the tv shows to the even the, you know rebel and
1: mm-hmm. you know things
0: like that it was always this kind of you know underdog but kind of person who had some mm-hmm. turmoil happening and but. i thought
1: he really did a good job on his t- or on his movies mm-hmm. east of eden
0: yes you said that's
1: radicalism.
0: that was the one that was most like him
1: yeah yeah uh of Eden was mm-hmm. just seemed like he was up there, just not acting. Yeah, you know, when i seen it, boy, I thought, well, he's, he's not acting. That's just him. Mm-hmm.
2: hmm
1: And uh, it, it was, I always did admire that show. Of course, I I was always kind of interested in that era, mm-hmm. the late teens, and of course, World War One is part of it and the parade and so forth and uh, I, I like I just like the movie period yeah and uh, a lot of old cars of course I like cars definitely but, but I like antique cars
0: yeah what's your do you have a favorite classic not
1: especially mm-hmm. you know I've got a couple of Model A's here and yeah. of they're not an
0: expensive
1: car at all mm-hmm. but uh there were a lot of needle cars back in back in the teens and the twenties and early thirties, and
2: definitely.
1: Uh, it's just something that I've always been interested in. I love of course, it. Duesenberg's were made right up here, at Auburn, Indiana, and Auburns and cords were made up there, and uh, they've got a big museum up there if you're interested in old cars. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm and, definitely. Uh, uh, very fortunate that it's that close to here.
0: Absolutely I know and you guys, Indiana you've got the Indy five hundred and mm-hmm. there's a lot there's a lot of mm-hmm. history with racing here. Yeah,
1: there are. Have you ever been down the five hundred museum? No,
0: no. Want yeah, to do they, on another trip.
1: They've got a beautiful museum down there. And it's got some cars in there that are just Indiana cars that were not race cars. They were just made in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, after Jimmy died, that uh, next summer, Lou Bracker came here, mm-hmm. and uh, Lou and Dad and I and another guy from Fairmount yeah. uh, went down to the 500 race. And this other guy from Fairmount built race cars, mm-hmm. so he was real familiar with everything that's going on there.
0: It's amazing. And uh, did you ever think about getting into any kind of racing with your love of
2: cars?
1: No, nah, not really. I I, I like. I, I like watch races. Mm-hmm. I guess I never had any big desire to, to race myself. Never could afford it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, of course, Jimmy did. I don't know if he could afford it or not. <laughs> right. Half did. the
0: things he did, he couldn't afford <laughs> He did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy liked to buy stuff that he liked.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember when he was home last time, time he, He bought a a magazine, uh, I forget what it's called now, Auto Week or Speed Age or something, but uh, it had a full-page ad of a poor speedster in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was showing me that magazine. He said, here, I got one of these ordered. So it should be in any time. That that was in first of February, and I think it did come in. Mm -hmm. Shortly after that, yeah, and uh, I've still got the magazine. It's it's in the museum. That's amazing. Well,
0: what was that? You know, there. What do you you know? When you see those photos, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times. But when you see those photos of you as a child, that the dentist took, you know, what do you what do you think about those photos in that time?
1: Well, I can remember about all of them. I remember when they were all taken and what we were doing and. Brings back a lot of memories, that's for sure. I'm sure. And I, I've always felt that we were pretty fortunate that Jimmy had so many photographers in his life.
0: Yeah, for such a short time. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's they really, they, they,
1: they documented many. his life from New York till he was killed. Yeah. Sanford Roth, was got to be a good friend of his, and uh, Sanford Roth was a photographer, and he was with him that day. or was following behind him, and uh, he took a lot of pictures at the, before the before they left Los Angeles. Yeah. And I think those are really interesting. Yeah. And, uh, of course, he took some at the rec site, which, you know,
0: I'm not a fan of those photos no, every no, time no, you no. know I know I know some people they get interested in that part and they're, they're just I just can't I, I don't like seeing those photos I don't like seeing the you know yeah. I've been to the site uh quite a few times you know I was I grew up in Visalia California it was central California right in the middle and as a child my, my mother she had uh she passed when I was 12 and we were always going down to UCLA because she had doctor's appointments and my dad would stop. We'd be on the road to L.A. And my dad would stop on the side of the road sometimes. And, you know, he'd go, this is where James Dean crashed. Oh, no, I was, accident, oh, right,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: I was so little, and I didn't I didn't know much about, you know, I was, I don't know. You know, I was too young yeah. to know. But, you know, all these years later, it makes, you know, I'm going, oh. You know, I went there all the, you know, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah. It's changed I mean. They changed yeah, they've repaved the road, they've changed the angles and you know, I know um Patrick Langdon we were talking about, he showed me, you know, where they did the the old road versus the new road and that's a very dangerous strip of strip of road out there.
1: Yeah. Well it's the only road through there. Right. It's
0: the only way you can go, yeah. right. Coming out of LA up up north.
1: A lot of big trucks go through there. Yes. It's you know yeah, I've been there two or three times, more of the big trucks just fly by. Yeah,
0: there. the semis and yeah. things like that. But what is what is the... Um, do, are there any very... Um, this whole experience in, in preserving this legacy and, and these memories, is there any moment that really stands out just maybe with people who come to town or, or things that have happened in, in your own life, how it's affected you? High points or low points or...
1: Well, as far as Jimmy's concerned, I've tried to put everything in the museum that I can come up with, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all authentic stuff, you know, and then I, right. uh, look-alike stuff there. It's all the actual thing. Yeah. And uh, which I've been very fortunate. Mom and Dad, especially Mom, she kept a lot of stuff. Uh, not knowing Jimmy was going to be famous, she just... It was his, so she kept it. Mm-hmm. And uh, his dad kept a lot of stuff that uh, Jimmy had. Uh, and he gave all that stuff to me. And uh, I know the fans come to Fairmount from all over the world, really. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they will have something to see. Right. And uh, it'd be a shame to keep that stuff boxed up away which is what I used to do. I used to kind of keep it ordered away. Yeah. But uh, I guess I was afraid someone would steal it or do something to it. Of course, the museum's are pretty secure. Right. They've got an alarm system there and the windows and all that.
0: They do a wonderful job in this town of, of really keeping keeping all of it going. That's so I think it's so beautiful. You know, I mean, there's... Everyone in the town is very kind as they are, but there's also that that facet to it where they mm-hmm. I think it's just it's really beautiful,
1: yeah, the people in fairmount have been very nice to to outsiders, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean they realize that these people were here because of Jim and they want them to feel welcome mm-hmm. and which I think they've done a good job of that yeah absolutely. and of course, they have the festival every year, which. Uh, you know,
0: <laughs> kind of here or there for you, I know.
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh... But but you know, it, it's. I think it's a nice tribute to Jimmy that especially the car show. Yeah. Uh, being he was so car, car oriented. Mm-hmm. And then they got a car show named after him. Yeah. Uh, James Dean Run. Mm-hmm. And And uh, and you know they have a lot of cars. Yeah. Right, fifteen hundred cars every year on display. Right, and uh, of course I take that car out there that uh, Jimmy used to drive. People enjoy seeing it, and
0: which is yeah.
1: Sometimes I wonder if they get tired of seeing it here. <laughs> <year, but,
0: laughs> no, not yeah. at all. Especially the tractor. i have seen yeah, that out there.
1: Yeah. That, was fortunate that Dennis took pictures of Jimmy mm-hmm. standing in front of that tractor. And, and uh, of course, Dad played his part too well. He turned around like he was looking behind him. <laughs> yes. And you uh, can't see his face.
2: Yeah. But
1: uh, that tractor was only about a year old at the time. It's a 54 model, and that was in December of 55, they were here.
2: Mm-hmm. Incredible.
1: And I've always, like we said, well, ago, I feel fortunate that Dennis Stalk and some of the other photographers captured as much of Jimmy's life as they did. Yeah. And uh, Roy Shatt in New York City. He took a lot of pictures of.
0: He got it. Had it covered on all coasts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in California, had uh, Frank Worth and. Sanford Roth and oh, there was a couple others. I forget what their names right off the bat, but they took a lot of pictures of Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I enjoy the candid pictures better than the movie. Me too. Type pictures. Those
0: photos that really he's just being himself. Because mm-hmm. that's you know something with the podcast is you know I've had a lot of um, been fortunate to have a lot of wonderful folks on and and. You know, from old Hollywood or modern day, and actors, and it's it's you know we have a tendency, I think, to put these um, artists you know high up on like kind of like a pedestal, mm. but really they were human. Yeah, and they were. They are human. They were just like you and me, and you know sometimes you know I understand why people look up, but it is important to remember that because I think you know we all start with a dream or if you know to pursue something, and and you it's what you become, but. The roots, which is why I love Fairmount. You know, it's where you come from. That's what mm-hmm. makes you who you are. Um,
1: and Jimmy never was one to to boast about himself, right? Or try to put himself up on a pedestal or anything. Mm-hmm. But he he just had this this knack about him that people were interested in, right? And uh, you know, I, I've I've seen this film, I'm sure you have him at, at the racetrack, mm-hmm. walking, and he's got on this racing uniform, which it's in the museum,
2: too.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's so happy there. Yeah. Uh, that's what I enjoy about it. You can just tell he's just height of his glory around the race cars. Yeah. And uh, it's, I've always felt bad that. He just got to the point that he could afford to buy some stuff, and then he got killed. Yeah. And uh, because before then he didn't, he didn't have very much.
0: I know he and went a long time <laughs> sacrificing for the art.
1: Oh, he sure did.
0: It's you know it's that artist way, but he really you know he managed he managed to get there, but just wasn't enough time to really enjoy it or to see the kind of fruits of his labor, so to speak.
1: And it was a different time, too. I think maybe back then, I don't know, it, it was just a different time. Yeah. Um, the one thing I enjoyed here, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago, went to New York, and the guy that lives in Jimmy's old apartment has lived there for several years. Mm-hmm.
0: You just did the plaque. Pardon? the plaque on the building you're yeah. saying, yeah
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah I put the plaque on the building, that's right Definitely. and uh, I really enjoyed going up to the apartment and seeing what it looked like and and uh, of course it was too small to change much Right. Uh, and this the guy that lives there now is, has kind of went out of his way to keep it looking original Right. Very nice to the fans. Mm-hmm. The fans come up, uh, come around. He he invites them to come up and see the room, and, and uh, it's just one room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the restroom is outside, down a little hallway. Have you ever been there? Yeah, yeah, I've well, been I there. Did. Yeah, okay.
0: so it's been it's
1: it's, it's it's different than a lot of
0: living history I and mean, yeah. it is it's it's a very unconventional place but it's it's appropriate yeah. you know it's very appropriate
1: and yeah, it looks just like it always did yeah it's yeah the whole building is change, did
0: it? it's beautiful What I love the most about New York is those old brownstones yeah. and the history yeah. it's it's alive it's yeah. so beautiful yeah, so
1: beautiful was, I always figured he was close enough to Times Square, he could walk back and forth. Yes, there. yeah. And uh, it, it, it was really a neat place, I felt. Absolutely. I, I felt very fortunate to, to be able to see it. And New York's a fascinating place.
0: It is very fast. Yeah. You know, I've spent some time over there, and I just got, I got homesick. You know, with Los Angeles and things. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you know, well I I love the the history and museums and art galleries and you know, all of those it's it's got its own little energy. Yeah. And it's great. It's a great Uh, place. There's a
1: lot of history there in New York.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, definitely.
1: And and Jimmy really liked New York. I I think he may he may have beginning to to grow Los Angeles may have been growing on him. But for quite a while he he didn't like Los Angeles in New York.
0: It takes it takes some adjusting, that's for sure. You know, it's the types of people and some of the things that go on, especially if you know, if you're not one of those types, the Hollywood kind of type. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you gotta kind of you know, duck and dive sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. yeah, because he had just bought the uh, the shirt the home in Sherman Oaks yeah. shortly yeah. before and I talked to uh, I've talked to Lou about it, and he said there was another home that he thought Jimmy kind of was looking at for the future or something. And you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where you just you don't know what he would have you know what he would have done. Or but I think he would have I don't know. Do you think he would have stayed in one of the two, maybe New York or Los Angeles?
1: Well, if he was going to be an actor, he about had to do both. Yeah, Be willing not move back and forth. Yeah. And as far as I know, he didn't have any intentions of giving up his little apartment there in New York.
0: Yeah, no way.
1: But, uh, it was
0: a great place.
1: There in Los Angeles, Sherman Oaks, where he lived, that house was kind of in someone's backyard there. <laughs> uh, it wasn't really a, it wasn't a big house at all. Yeah. It was just like a little cabin. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've probably seen
0: That burned, that got in a fire or something, too, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, it did. Matter of fact, we we went to California. Mom and Dad and I went out for a private showing of the James Dean story, and it had just burnt Mm -hmm. a short time before then. Wow.
2: That's
0: so unfortunate.
1: someone had a a newspaper article. Yeah. And they were showing it uh, to us of it being burned. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was just, you know, as I remember, maybe a month or so before we got there, six weeks. And uh, I've always wondered, in, in the pictures you see, there was a big eagle in there, mm-hmm. uh bronze eagle. It looked like it's bronze. I don't know if it was or not. Right. I always wondered what happened to that. And yeah. Of course, there was a bear skin on the floor, I know that one Jimmy's. Yeah. And uh, the guy that owned it worked at the Villa Capri and I got acquainted with this fella's niece, I think it is mm-hmm. and uh, she she worked at a pizza place there in,
0: Is it yeah. Philomena? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know her name.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell mm-hmm. her I said hello. I will. Uh, mm-hmm. I Last time I was in California, which was just about a year ago, Mm -hmm. there was two things I wanted to do. One of them was meet her. She said, come by there, and she'd give us a pizza. And uh, I think it's located close to where the old dealership used to be.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Where Jimmy bought his Porsches.
0: West Hollywood kind of area, yeah.
1: And... uh, I wanted to go by and meet her. Get that pizza? Yeah, I get that pizza. (laughs) And up in the hills, there was a house that used to belong to Arthur Lowe Jr., Mm -hmm. which was a cousin of Stuart Stern. Yes. And we knew Stuart real well. Mm -hmm. And when we were in California in 1957 for the James Dean story showing, uh, he took us up to Arthur Lowe's, Lowe Junior's house, and we visited there for a while. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to go back and see what the house looked like, yeah. see if what's changed in yeah. it. Yeah, it's uh it's it's kind of a you go round and round this mountain,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's cut out in the side of the mountain uh, where you drive back to the house. Yeah, and then when you get there. Uh, at night, it was a beautiful sight. Uh, Los Angeles was, was right there, and you could, as far as you could see, there was lights in Los Angeles.
0: Beautiful.
1: Which, when I was a kid, that fascinated me.
0: Same, yeah, absolutely.
1: And I wanted to see that, mm-hmm. and uh, we tried our best to get it worked out, and we just didn't have enough time to do everything.
0: Well, you can always go back. Well, when this pandemic's over. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Well, no. I, I want to be them two things. I want to meet her and I want to see that house. Yeah. The house may not even be the same. I don't know. but Hopefully it is. I remember you, you turned in and you had to turn right to see the house there. And there was a garage there. And right beside the house was a swimming pool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that wasn't a big house. It wasn't a very big house. Uh, and you could go through the house and out into the backyard, there was a wall that went around. And you could walk over to that wall and look down. And right down below was
0: so the houses. Wow,
1: yeah. You know? It's
0: all and, stacked on each other, these hills.
1: I thought, man, that that is so neat. That's cool. T- today I might not think it's as neat. Yeah, it it's very steep.
0: It's, it's steep stuck place. in my
1: mind. Good. It's one, a very fond memory that I had. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to go back there. And I don't want to go through the house. I wouldn't intrude on me about it, but i yeah. just like to turn the driveway and just to see it. Just to see if the house is still there. And, yeah. i to figure
0: like. out where it is.
1: Uh,
0: I'll take some photos. Man. Well,
1: there was a guy at that party where we went to there, and uh,
0: is it, are you talking about uh, Tyrone yeah. Ty? Yeah, okay, I knew it. I knew it, yeah.
1: Okay, well, he, he said he was about halfway raised there. Mm hmm. Like yeah. I don't remember who it was.
0: I think he was related to, I, I don't know if he was related to Arthur. But he told he's been on he's been on the podcast too. So we got to do that when we did it with Lou and everything and yeah, he was telling some stories about um, Jimmy and, and Arthur and Stuart Stern and, and things like that. It was real fascinating. Yeah.
1: yeah. Jim, Jimmy got to be good friends with uh, Stuart Stern. hmm. And all I thought was kind of fascinating. Stuart was writing a book, or a play, it wasn't a book, it was a play, and he sent it to Jimmy for his opinion on it. hmm And, you know, Jimmy had only been...
0: Yeah, that's it, something else, too.
1: Uh, just a short period of time. Yeah. And evidently, Stuart was pretty impressed with Jimmy. Yeah. And he have still got I got the letter, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy kept the letter. Stuart wrote him and, and wanted the opinion on this play. And uh, I don't remember if he had a name for it or not, but, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, and Stewart was here. Stuart's been here a times. Mm-hmm. He was here when they filmed the, the James Dean story. Mm-hmm. And I think he was here once or twice maybe before that. My dad just thought he was the greatest guy in the world. It's amazing. And and Stuart could could write a letter, it was just like a book. I mean, it was was really
0: prolific. Yeah,
1: very Very prolific. Very uh, meaningful. Yeah.
0: uh, It's amazing. Really remarkable how you've how you've, you know, kept on with, with all of this and just preserving, you know, his memory and legacy and there's so many people out there far and wide that, you know, think the same and it's just you know, thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I, I appreciate
1: yeah. the comments. Yeah. But you know, it's just the way I was raised. Mom and dad were were always nice to people and they felt like if people were interested in Jimmy then they they owed it to him to Be nice to him, and it it just kind of came naturally to me. And Mm -hmm. and of course, I got married not too long after uh, I got married when I was 20. Mm -hmm. And even though I just lived around the corner up here, uh, I didn't have to deal with the fans for years and years to speak of. And uh, of course, since mom and dad's gone, my and Jimmy's popularity kind of went down for a long time, and then around 1980 or so it started picking up again. I'd say from 1980 to 1990, 1995 maybe, he was really popular. Him and Marilyn and Elvis sort of went competition with each other on memorabilia.
0: Right,
1: right. And uh, of course Marilyn and Elvis had a lot longer life than Jimmy did. Yeah. And they had more to, to offer, you might say.
0: More films but and material and music and, yeah.
1: Jimmy, Jimmy was definitely a, a good actor. And uh, he, he had something special about him, there's no doubt about that. He, yeah. he wasn't just a run-of-the-mill that was a good-looking guy. He was, he He, he worked
0: s- really hard.
1: Yeah, he did.
0: Really hard.
1: You know, a lot of the books he's got are on acting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he studied it. and I think he used to sit around and watch people and try to uh, memorize actions that they had, you know. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah.
1: he, he worked hard at it. Definitely. And I think he probably would have been a director if he'd lived, much
0: longer. That's what a lot a lot of people mention. That is because he was he was so involved in so many different areas of the arts. But mm-hmm. yeah, he started showing a lot of interest in directing and
1: mm-hmm. being
0: behind the lens. And I, I yeah, I definitely think so too.
1: Well, he was lucky, especially in Rebel Without a Cause. That uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Director Rebel uh, Nick Ray. Nick Ray. Nicholas Ray. Yeah, Yeah. Nicholas Ray gave him a lot of freedom and kind of let Jimmy develop the character. And uh, you know, I think Jimmy had some say so in how the thing was made. And and uh, I guess that's probably the reason he had some conflicts with George Stevens. George was an old
0: Old fashioned.
1: Old fashioned, yeah. You know, director that
0: right. had to go
1: to right the book and
0: here comes this m- kid m- who's m-
1: ...memorized every line and right. Uh, Jimmy wasn't that way. He
0: out of the box.
1: Yeah, he kind of. I think he felt like if you had had to memorize lines, uh, right down to the very word, uh, it wouldn't be not Wouldn't be natural.
0: Right. Right. And...
1: Uh, you know, he thought if you could, if you were good enough that you could bring that, bring that character or whatever out without going right by the script, hundred um, percent. And and George wasn't that way. I mean, I'm not knocking George because George, George had to have been a good director. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just. You know, he was well known, and he was just he, by the book. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. just a, just different. And, yeah, and uh, I've heard people, I've heard, I've read where George said some time after Jimmy was gone that Jimmy was was right. Yeah, about some things.
0: I know yeah. they they clashed a lot on that yeah. set. They yeah. did not like each other.
1: And, you know, Jimmy was just, for someone who was so new, uh, an actor as he was, uh, a lot of people wouldn't have clashed with him. Mm-hmm. They'd have just won right ahead with what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy wouldn't do that. Right. And uh, I, I've heard that George Stevens said after that that Jimmy was right about a lot of stuff that they argued about. He couldn't see at the time, but he did later. Yeah. And you know, and, and giant, giant would not be what it is today if it wasn't for Jimmy. Right.
0: Um, Definitely. Uh, I've got a uh, something else to touch on. Then we'll give uh, Lou Bracker a call. And one thing I already know the answer to this, but I just wanted to, you know, for the listeners, Winton Dean
2: hmm. gets a
0: mixed reputation a mixed bag of opinions um but um he shouldn't you know I mean, he like I've I've you know the books they kind of portray him as something that he really wasn't mm-hmm. and he was more positive than negative in in all of this but he gets such a bad rap
1: yeah he did he, he was Winton was a nice guy very nice person and he loved Jimmy very much and course, he let him come here and live because at the time he thought it was the best thing for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't very long after Jimmy left there that World War II broke out and Uncle Winton had to go to their service anyway. Right. So he couldn't take care of Jimmy.
2: Yeah.
1: And the time Jimmy had been here, five or six years, he had pretty well settled in. And I think Uncle Wenton felt like it would be unfair to take him away, you know. Right. And uh, Mom and Dad just raised him like one of their own.
0: And he got and, adjusted uh, pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, Uncle, Uncle Wynton was a, kind of a private person, and uh, he probably should have, it's always easy to look back on something, and, come up with a different theory but uh, his wife Ethel was very dominating and, and, a, and a good person but dominating
2: yeah. and
1: she really looked out for for uncle and, mm-hmm. and uh, they were just satisfied to let books write what they wanted to or newspapers and uh, magazines and just leave them alone yeah. They they didn't want to be bothered with anybody Right. And uh, I think there were a few people that they did get acquainted with that we're not aware of. But uh, mm-hmm. there was a guy in Japan that they uh, loaded a bunch of photos to, and uh, they just didn't trust people. Yeah. Uh, and had good reason not to. Mm-hmm. Morton, he he wanted to talk about Jimmy but Ethel wouldn't let him um, and yeah. after Ethel passed away he talked quite a bit about Jimmy and things that uh, Jimmy did when he was little well and, yeah. and uh, some things that happened when Jimmy lived there in California, when there just a year or so for his death and uh, went well, and did get a bad rap. Part of it's their own fault because they wouldn't... Talk about it. wouldn't yeah. talk about it or anything. Right. But uh, that's, that's, you know, they yeah. you know, here or there now. Yeah. But uh, he, he definitely didn't deserve to be talking about yeah. in Abs- books and things like he was. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they, they, they got... Jimmy's dad confused with uh, Jimmy's dad in *East of Eden*, and and then Rebel and,
0: right. so forth and so he kind of blended the cinema with the yeah. with reality yeah. and made their yeah. own opinions. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, he he's really a good person, nice guy. You get to know him; he's very very likable. Yeah. But uh, he he definitely got a bad rap. Like I say, some of it was their fault, they was, they wouldn't uh, talk to people and didn't want to stand up for themselves. And, you know, if anything had yeah. happened, and, and uh, mm-hmm. mom and dad never, I don't think they ever got a bad rap, but they got so they wouldn't talk to a, yeah. a, new, a new favorite person uh, writer because they didn't grant what they tell them. They just granted what they wanted to grant. Right. made whatever made a good story. Well, that's, you know, what they more or less granted. And not today. Uh, you wouldn't think anything about what some sort of this stuff was said.
0: It's crazy. I know I've seen some of it in um magazines or, you know, things from even back from back then, too. It's just mm-hmm. the things that people come up with is
2: mm-hmm.
0: so so left field yeah. it's a lot it's just crazy, um speaking of so right we're about to call Lou, but uh, this question, so as the years continue, and all these generations continue discovering Jimmy and his films, because it won't be stopping, you know, everyone's just seems like someone new discovers him every day, but how do you want him to be remembered by everyone if you could you know, for people listening?
1: Well, I, 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 feel like he was really a wonderful actor, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's one thing people are going to remember. Him. Uh, your average, I don't think your average everyday person is going to remember Jimmy like the people do that are in the business. Right. And you know, so many people that are in the business. Admire him because because of what he did and how good he was and how he'd only made three movies and uh, made such a name for himself and uh, you know I look back on that and I think that's that's pretty fantastic. Okay. Um, I uh, you know I I hope they don't make up a lot of stuff, but. I have no reason to think it will. No. Uh, I hope, you know. I mean, you know, sometime I'm not going to be around anymore. and uh, Whether well, that'll have anything to do with people there or you not, know, I don't know.
0: I mean, I you mean a lot. World. You mean a lot to the town and to all of this because you've, you've continued to keep keep it going and, you know, allowing people to come and, you know, and talking about memories and all of that. I yeah. mean, you have, I think you have a bigger impact than you realize, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people like to, like to take pictures of the house and drive in the barnyard and so forth and, and don't mean anything to me. Yeah. are to them. Right.
0: Know? I mean, he was your family, and you I know? I didn't
1: think twice about it, you know. But I see no reason to keep people from doing it because... A lot of these people drove long, 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 long ways yeah. to get here. Right. And, you know, just like you, you flew a long ways, mm-hmm. and uh, if you didn't let them do what they enjoyed doing, uh, it'd leave a bad taste in their mouth, and I never could see a point in doing that. mm Yeah. So I always tried to be nice to people, and treat them like I'd want to be treated if the shoe was on the other foot. I've never admired anybody that much myself. To yeah, to, to, to go
0: to explore all of that yeah. and go to the hometown and yeah. yeah, it's a crazy effect, you know, that it's that it's had on so many people. But not surprising, I think, because you know when you take into consideration like the times, you know, it was the '50s, and mm-hmm. he was you know one of the first and of the of his kind with that with all of that kind of stuff and. But it is, it's so, when you, you know, you look at it, and it's so so many years later, and so many people are still coming here, you know, people like me, you know, in their 20s, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's got to be crazy. Pretty wild.
1: Yeah, but. he's, he was good at anything he did. Yeah. yeah. Acting, or painting, or drawing, or driving a race car. Yeah. Whatever, he was very determined to, to be the best.
0: seems like when he got his sight set on something, he just
1: mm-hmm. did it. Yep. It's
0: incredible.
1: Yep, he yep.
0: wasted no time.
1: I've, I've often thought he's, you know, it, it's a free country. He had a right to drive that car if he wanted to, but he really shouldn't have had that car on the road like that. Yeah. Uh, it was all aluminum and, you know, it, he put two or three dents in it already when he'd, he'd had it and uh, if he hadn't been in such a light car uh, he wouldn't got hurt hurt and as bad and uh, you know the other guy could have probably seen him if he wasn't driving such a low car and you know it was silver and just bled, blended right in with the background and you know, the other guy definitely turned in front of him. I mean that was that was his fault. Yeah. But uh on the other hand, Jimmy shouldn't have been driving that car like that either. So it's just it was supposed to be, I guess.
0: Joining us uh with Marcus Winslow is Lou Bracker. We've got him on the line from California. Thank you guys, uh both. I'll just reiterate it, you know, for taking the time to Talk and and all that. We just we were just actually talking about uh, Jimmy's Porsche and and that day and how he should not have driven that aluminum car on the road.
3: I'm the one that called Jimmy and told him about the spider that was in the window at Competition Motors, and I wish I hadn't done that, but. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you don't think about those things when you're twenty-five.
0: Of course. And and, uh, I
3: think more about my, technically, my first, second visit to Fairmont uh, because I did go to the funeral and was only there for a few hours. Uh, Mm -hmm. But in the next year, uh, in, in 56, uh, I came to Fairmont for a couple of weeks, and I think uh, Marcus was, what, seven years old then?
1: No, I was about 12, then. <laughs> Were you sure? Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: and I was uh, uh, 26 and I still remember that trip Mm -hmm. extremely well. And drove Marcus around in my Porsche.
0: What was that like, Marcus?
3: Marcus? Oh, it was. It was was, was not only the first Porsche seen in Fairmont, it was the first Porsche seen in a lot of the Midwest. I could tell on the driving... Out to uh, Fairmont, people. When I in those days there was no freeway, and you went through every city on Route sixty six, mm-hmm. and uh, people were staring at it.
0: <laughs> what color was it? Uh,
3: it was white.
0: White Porsche. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. white Porsche.
0: Man, I bet that was fun with you guys zipping no. through town, Marcus. That's so cool. Is that when you, um, so is it since then that you two kind of formed a friendship?
1: Yeah, we've become good friends pretty quick.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, you know, uh, we had a common bond and uh, and, um, Marcus and I are both relatively easygoing guys. And uh, uh, we hit it off pretty well, even w- uh, with the age difference. Mhm. You know, uh, you're talking about over sixty years now, and right. as you get older, the age difference becomes uh, less and less of a difference.
0: Right. So just a kind of a common bond, and you know.
3: Right. And. Uh, So the two of us have been through a lot over the last 60-some-odd years, but uh, we've uh, always shared, uh, you know, the common bond of uh, Jimmy, and
2: uh, I was very fond of Marcus's folks. Uh,
3: Marcus, uh, from what I can remember, my feelings at the time, Marcus uh, and Mark, uh, father and son, are very, quite a bit alike.
2: Were
0: you guys very, very similar? Yeah, yeah. Pardon? Oh, I was asking Marcus. I said, so you were very similar to your dad?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, um. yeah, I think, I think Marky e. and Marcus, I think their approach to life was very much the same. as Marky grew up to be Marcus uh, reminded me a lot of his father
0: Yeah. what do you think of the the farm Lou? well you know
3: the farm I saw it when it was you know really a working farm and and, uh, Marcus uh, uh, Marky's father uh, you know to identify Up uh, due to the farm, what he could afford to do to the farm. Yeah. And I think one of the things that Jimmy would get a big kick out of was the money, the influx of money that Jimmy was responsible for. So much of it went into the farm and, and made it uh, a, a shell place, really.
0: Yeah. And you guys have done so, you know, they've done such amazing things here, you know, sitting sitting here surrounded by, you know, the cars and all these beautiful, you know, artifacts and things on the walls, and I mean, it's just...
3: Yeah, and you know, we're that, um, we're, we're that uh, big uh, room where Marcus uh, stores his cars.
0: Yes. Uh, that's, Marcus,
3: that's... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Uh, Isn't that where the little garage was where I left
1: my Porsche? It was up closer to the house, Lou. Was it closer? There at the bottom of the the hill. Uh Uh-huh. It was a cement block garage and uh, had sliding doors on the front of it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I remember
1: that. Yeah. It was just about the right size for a Porsche was made no, with I
3: went to uh, New York
0: I think is it the one right out right out front here, yeah? It's gone. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Okay, there's the barn with the sliding doors. But okay, got it. What is this? Um, gosh, I can't imagine. I mean, the experiences that that you two, you know, especially after, you know, fifty five and and losing Jimmy and you know, but doing all of these things to kind of you know that that have contributed to his legacy. Lou, you've got the book, and you know, and Marcus, you've been here, can you know
3: yeah, doing and all of them? While I was in, interestingly enough, while I was in in Fairmont, nineteen fifty six, uh, Marcus's father and I were all talking about uh, starting the James Dean Foundation.
0: Really, wow.
3: And, uh, yeah, that was very much on, uh, Marcus's mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, um, uh, when I was in New York from, uh, uh, in between, uh, going to Fairmont and coming back to Fairmont to get my car, uh, I, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. was on Broadway in a show. Wow. And I had promised Marcus that I would uh, look him up and talk to him about, you know, helping with the foundation if if we needed it, you know, by way of a sh- show or something. And, yeah. Uh, Sammy Davis uh, Jr. was very gracious and, and told me to tell Marcus
2: that um, he would do anything they wanted him to do. Yeah.
0: That's incredible. That's amazing.
3: So that's just a little yeah. sideline. I never even told Mark or Marcus that.
0: As a visitor, but as somebody who also knew Jimmy, you know, what do you what do you think of, of the town and, and everything that they've done to to preserve this uh, legacy and, and memory?
3: Well I think you know, I, I, I think it, uh, you know it, it, it's really nice. I think that uh, Jimmy would get A kick out of it, uh, and uh, I, 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 you know, the way it's grown, I'm sure even Marcus is uh, a little surprised at that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's become a tradition with a lot of people.
0: Right, right.
3: I know because uh, yeah. I've shown up uh, uh, sometimes just for the memorial. But uh, the last uh, 10, 12 years or so I've come for uh, both the uh, weekend celebration and the memorial and uh, and, uh, at the memorial I think I've talked on just about every subject Mm -hmm. (laughs) regarding Fairmont and the people of Fairmont and, and Jimmy and So, uh, 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 last year, uh, or the last, I guess it was 2019, the last time I went, and, um, uh, uh, so first time I went to the, uh, graveyard after the memorial, I,
0: I wasn't, never really wanted to do that, and, uh. It was your first uh, time? and friends
3: with us that wanted to go, and the girls, my girls, kind of wanted to go, so
0: yeah. uh, we went. <laughs> There's a question. I've, I don't know if it's too much, but it's, you know, it's. do you think that it's impacted? I mean, you know, because both of you knew him so well, and I know, Mark, you, know, Mark, you were very young, and, and Lou, you know, you knew him as an adult in Hollywood and all of that, but... You know, all the, throughout the years and still to this day, you know, when you fans come or you see them on TV or, or anything, do you think it's Im- impacted that kind of, like, feeling of, of loss or has it helped healing or f- how is that, do you think that's impacted? No, the,
3: book, the book helped the healing.
0: Yeah. So I know there was a the lot book of... book helped
3: the healing. Uh, sometimes I watch, when it's on TV, I'll watch just part of it of one of the films. Uh, I almost never watch Giant unless it's the in the first part of Giant uh, because uh, I just thought that was the, uh, number three when I rate the, my own personal favorites of the three films. It's East of Eden first mm-hmm. and uh, Rebel second. And yeah. The first half of giant
0: yeah how about you marcus
3: that's
1: exactly the way i feel too yeah
0: do you, th- do you think you know, like per- preserving and all of this it's it's helped a lot with like with the book how it helped lou it's, it's helped you
1: yeah. yeah it's good to get it's good to
3: know all this stuff
1: yeah
0: definitely it's um ever ever going but my
3: book in my, in my book and, and, and probably uh, why it helped Marcus a lot is because it told the story of Jimmy and me in in California right w- w- which Jim, uh, Marcus had no real insight into
0: i just kind of eye opening but also helped yeah. you learn and understand him a lot more
3: yeah, very good yeah and he you know it made him privy to um uh, conversations that Jimmy and I had. (laughs) And I think it, I I had hoped at least that it presented Jimmy as I knew him, the Jimmy I knew. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in the Jimmy anybody else thinks they knew.
0: Right. Right. Well, that's really a special thing then. When you That must have been really special to read that and to get to those pages and to kind of have that insight. Because, you know, cause he would write letters here and there and, you know, you guys kind of knew what was going on. But, you know.
3: But I, I don't know about Marcus, but I, I, I don't dwell on September 30th, mm-hmm. 1955. Mm-hmm. I remember, Jimmy, I remember... Yeah. And uh, of course, I remember that week because Jimmy was so working so hard to get me to go go with him. Mm Mhm. And uh, uh, and I would have gone had it not been uh, uh, you know for the uh, SC Texas football game and um. I'm not only an AC fan; I'm a big college football fan. So that's where I was going after work. Yeah. I wasn't going to go to Salinas. <laughs> well, and that's fate, you know. Uh, uh, happened to be that weekend.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. What a crazy time in life. Uh, someone I want. Uh,
3: I don't think uh, Mark Marcus uh, that you. Dwell on the death of Jimmy, uh, the loss of Jimmy. Yes, mm-hmm. but certainly not all this ghoulish stuff that's on the internet. Like I that. I don't want to see the no. uh, uh, crumpled up aluminum.
0: No, no.
3: What's that gonna do for me?
0: Yeah, it's just it's too it's too I yeah I can't I can't see that stuff. It's just mm. nope. no. It, uh,
3: If I had been there, the last thing I would have thought of was grabbing
0: a camera. Someone I wanted to mention, because I know you both knew him, um, just to maybe talk about a little bit, um, Phil Phil Ziegler, who passed last year. And just, you know, maybe if we could share a few words about what he contributed to Fairmount and the person that he was.
3: I think he was, for, for me, he was the official greeter. A standing joke that we think he was a uh, cardboard cutout that they kept moving around town because everywhere we went, we ran into Phil.
0: <laughs> yeah. How about you, Marcus?
1: Yeah, Phil. Phil was uh, definitely a dedicated James Dean fan, and he also respected Jim.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He did an awful lot, uh, showing people around Fairmount and bringing them out to the farm. And uh, I was always thankful that he was here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Phil, Phil was just a good, good-hearted person. Yeah.
3: Uh, and he, he wasn't a crazy. He didn't want a at the thing, museum. Right? Uh, didn't make Marcus. He
1: wasn't just a crazy fan. Uh, He he was, matter of fact, he was the same age as Jimmy. He -hmm. was born in 1931, uh, just like Jimmy was. Yeah. And uh, he grew up in the 50s, and uh, he's seen East of Eden when it first came out, and Rebel Cause, and, and of course, Giant. He never forgot, Jim. that's for sure.
0: Yeah. He was the first, you know, we met him in town during the festival, and he was the first person who'd come out and took us around, showed us around here, and that was really special. was. So oh, yeah, he
3: was, he gave of his time, uh, incessantly.
0: He's a very special
3: and, man. Um, Marcus, uh, he did a lot of work, didn't he, uh, At the museum and uh, during the festival.
0: Yeah. So really glad that I got got to meet him, you know, and have that moment. And it's very—he seemed like a very, very special, very special man.
3: Yeah, very, very lovely man, and really gonna miss him.
0: Yeah. All right, Lou, well, we'll sign off with you, and then we're going to close up this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for, for taking some time and talking about...
3: No problem, Marcus. Uh, keep well, and
1: we're uh, gl- happy to talk to you again. You Good to good talk to you, Lou, and I uh, hope I'll see you again before too long.
3: Well, uh, you better. <laughs> we, we better <laughs> yeah. before too
2: long. Yeah,
0: definitely. We're running We're out of time, younger. aren't we? Okay. You guys are both uh, very special.
1: Okay, Lou, it's been good to talk to you and uh, call anytime. My best to marry, Lou. Okay, thank you.
0: We'll talk to you soon, uh, Lou. Okay. Thank you. That was really nice of him.
1: Yeah. Very kind. Yeah, so, he's, he's a very nice guy.
0: Well... I think that that's about it for the episode, but
1: okay. I really. Well, I hope it goes think, well for
0: you. I think it'll be really appreciated by a lot of people, and you know, it just means a lot to you took the time out to talk and and to to be on this and to talk to Lou on the episode too, and you know, just thank you again on behalf of you know fans and people all over the world that are still you know keeping Jimmy alive and. You know, you what you're doing here is is shouldn't should not be undermined by any means. You, you've dedicated your life and all this time to you know, the legacy and memories, and have been kind enough to open the door for so many people. And we thank you.
1: Thank, thank you. So, yeah. My pleasure.
0: All right, everyone. This has been calling old Hollywood. And now for the Song of the Week very appropriate. This is The Shangri-Las with Leader of the Pack from 1964. This was actually one of my mother's favorite songs, and we used to sing it in the car when I was a kid, so I love that uh, I can pair this with this particular podcast years later. Enjoy. Is she really going out with him? Well, there she is. Let's ask her.
2: picking you up after school today.